Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, tonight we come before You and we come in Jesus' name. We surely thank You, God, tonight for the great blessing and the privilege that You allot us to come together and share a word with such wonderful people. But Lord, the greatest reason for being here tonight is to proclaim Your name and Your goodness. We're thankful, God, tonight for the plan of salvation that You outlined so clearly in Your Word. We're thankful, God, tonight that one day You spoke into our hearts. You forgave us of our sins. You redeemed us. And You set us on a path, God, towards eternal life. And God, tonight I thank You for that blessing of knowing You as my personal Savior. I would pray for all the very special needs, God, that tonight have been mentioned. There have been many. There's also been many unmentioned needs, God, that you know about by raising of hand. Father, touch and bless each and every need that's represented here tonight in this place. I pray, God, that if it be your will, that you would touch and heal the needs even before we know of the needs in our hearts. Allow us, God, each day to be faithful to pray for one another. Allow us to be strong and steadfast. No matter what the adversity, God, that comes before us, for we know, God, that we don't walk by sight, but we walk by faith. Lead us, guide us, and direct us, God, under paths of righteousness for your name's sake. And God will give you praise and glory for all things. We ask and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you tonight, I ask you to turn with me to the New Testament book of 1 Corinthians. New Testament book of 1 Corinthians. I'm going to be in chapter 15. 1 Corinthians 15. We know that the Apostle Paul wrote this epistle to the church at Corinth. We also know that Paul, all of his ministry life, always worked against adversity, didn't he? He surely, at one point in his early life, he was one that would prefer to see every Christian that he met to be killed. He preferred not to see or hear anything about the faith. He testifies that he was a tent maker. He testifies also that he knew the law very well and he was educated in the Word, in the law of God. But still, Paul in his early life before he met the Lord Jesus Christ, and I thank God he met him, that Paul did not understand the love of God until the Lord Jesus Christ came into his life. And that's what I want to talk about tonight is the faith to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. may sound like a very basic message, and it is. I think all the words of God that we read in the New Testament epistles are for the most part very down-to-earth, very understandable, that many times I believe even a child could understand most of these. And yet I say that, and I say it with apprehension, because I wonder why so many adults are still non-believers. 
That's one thing that I toil with every day in prayer. Is God, why don't they understand? Father, why don't they come to you? But you know, I know that's not a decision that I make. That I even have any control in making. That's God's decision. Whom God chooses to redeem and forgive. It's not mine. It's not yours. But if you look in verse 1 of 1 Corinthians 15, read you a few verses and I'll pause and I'll expound on them. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received and wherein you stand, by which ye are saved. If ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless... Ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that, He was seen of about five hundred brethren at once of whom the greater part remain unto this present. But some are fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles, and the last of all, he was seen of me also, Paul writes, as of one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles, that am not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God... I am what I am, and His grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. In verse 11, Therefore, whether it were I or they, so we preach, and so ye believed. May God tonight bless the reading of His Word. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1 through verse 11, I've just read in your hearing. When I read through these verses, the first thing I pick up on is how humble Paul is in his words. You see, he declares that he had shared with them in verse 1 what he had preached to them. And he's speaking of the fact that he had received, and that is where each of the believers that he had spoken to or preached to, that's where they also stood. In our lives in this modern time, in our modern churches, It seems like we can either accept the full gospel of Jesus Christ being the truth of the Bible or we can reject certain parts of it and we're still accepted somewhat alike. I know of churches that really literally publish and churches literally will bring forth Bible editions and translations just because certain words in the Bible they don't want their congregation to be a part of. That's a fact. And I don't describe one, I describe many of the denominations and the beliefs in our churches today when I say that statement. Paul was informing the people was this, yes, it's what I preached to you. Yes, it's what I shared with you about Jesus Christ and you were saved. But Paul stands there and he's so clear to each of us in his words that all I can do is preach it to you. It's up to the Lord Jesus Christ to save your soul from hell. I think sometimes we look around and we wonder when we are having a day where we feel like we're maybe not loved by someone. Sometimes before that day ends, it seems like some days we also find that if we were honest completely, we'd also say, God, I don't know that you love me today because, Lord, I haven't 
been blessed today like I am so many other days of my life. Lord, I have so many problems going on. We continue to tell the Lord. Lord, I don't know why you bless her or him, but yet, Lord, I stay here and I suffer. I think so many times that's what the Apostle Paul understood as much as any apostle did. He spoke clearly in another book, in another verse about the thorn in his flesh. Then he pleaded with the Lord God to take from him, but God never did. But God did speak to Paul and declare to Paul, I will give you the grace. I will give you the grace to stand with that thorn, with that problem that he has in his life. You know, when we look at verse 2, he says, By which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory, in other words, you keep in your thoughts, what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. Very delicate verse there. I can speak from experience that I know of people that believe completely in their minds and they declare to people, every people they meet many times, that they believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in Him as Lord and Savior, but their hearts are far from Him. There are many people that I know live every day that way. We may attend church with them. I'm sure we all do or have. But if there's one thing that we need to be sure of is what Paul speaks in verse 3. He says, For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received. Now listen carefully to Paul's words. You see, he shared with the people exactly what God shared unto him. You see, beloved, so many times I think no matter how accurate the delivery can be from the pulpit, if the Holy Spirit doesn't address and if the Holy Spirit, if that conduit is not in place, and if your heart's not in tune with receiving what God has for you, it's all in vain. You'll walk in your life and you'll tread all the years you live with a hard heart. And you'll never feel and never understand how faithful God really was to you until the last days. Then it could be too late for you or someone you know or love. He says, For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. Heard a message Sunday on television spoken by a very well-known pastor that I believe preaches the truth. And he was sharing with his congregation about how important it is to be sure that what we believe in is truly in the Word of God and of the Word of God and of the Lord. I think it's easy for us to pick up a Bible and read and pull a Scripture or verse or maybe even a chapter out of context And never stop and look and never stop and ask or question God, Lord God, what does this really mean to me? What does it mean to you? You see, what Paul wanted us to understand in the people in Corinth is that Jesus Christ died for their sins and our sins tonight. You see, there's nothing outside of the death, the burial, and the resurrection that could ever bring forth salvation to any of our lives. Nothing. We could go through our whole life like many people try to do, and be the very best, the very best person, the very best pastor that we could possibly do. But if we don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, we can still die and go to hell. Our whole life would have been spent in a masquerade, a a falsehood of, of what we really do believe and what really lives in our heart. I think so many times we guard our hearts because it's kind of the secret place of our life, isn't it? We keep our treasures of our thoughts and we keep our thoughts and our treasures of our loved ones that have passed away right down deep inside our spirit and our heart. 
And sometimes we'll stay and we'll keep hold of that. And sometimes we'll never open that door, not even a mark, and ask God to come into our hearts. And yet we seem to be pleased and satisfied exactly about what we are and where we stand before God. The Bible is clear, and I want to be clear tonight, that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. There's no exceptions to any one of you that hear this message tonight, no matter where you are in the world, no matter where you sit tonight in this place, no matter what you've been taught before. For those words are from this book. If we look deeper into this last part of verse 3, Paul says, I also received how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture. I want you to notice something there. Paul is relating back of the method of Christ's death and how it relates to the Scripture that God proposed and God ordained and orchestrated for Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, to be a sacrificial lamb, beloved, for your sin, debt, and mine. You see, it wasn't about the fact that any of us could have been nailed to a cross. You see, the one on the cross had to be spotless and blameless and sinless. And you see, God looked all over the world and He could have looked anywhere in times to be in the future. And no one, no one ever born of the earth would have ever met that criteria for us to have that forgiveness of sins. No one. In fact, it's so simple that sometimes I wonder why so many people lose sight of it. God saw that there was only one perpetuation of sin, and that would be through Himself, robed in flesh, born in a manger, and dying on a cross. And taking upon Himself on that cross the great debt of sin that all of us today in this place have that is owed before God. I think sometimes we look and say, well, why would God that we hear preached every day that loves us so deeply, why would God send us to hell? Why would God not receive us and and just take us in His arms and say, Come here, Johnny, or come here, Jim, or come here, Billy, or or come here, Bob. I love you, and you don't have to worry about anything. I'm going to take care of you. You see, there's no repentance there. There's no forgiveness there. Sure, we serve a loving God, but He loves us so much that He wants the sin to be removed from our lives. Amen. He wants the sin to be surely forgiven and removed from our lives that we live the day that we enter into heaven. You see, beloved, in heaven there is no sin. In heaven there is no heartache, I believe, according to the Word. The Bible speaks that the tears in heaven, He'll take His finger and He'll wipe away those tears. So many times I think we all look at heaven and, and say, oh, what a wonderful place it'll be. 
I can speak from experience uh, some of the funerals that I have preached in years past and, and some also within the last maybe uh, just a couple of months. I stop and think about the people that stand around the grave there by the casket as I share the eulogy. How many of those people, Lord, I ask myself as I pray, how many of these people, God, will go by this same grave and never see You in heaven, Father? Because they've not trusted upon the one and only living God. There's so many people, beloved, that you run in and have a contact with each day that I'm sure may on the outside look spick and span. May on the outside look like the greatest person that you've ever met. But inside, their whole life might be just twisted up in knots in the world of sin. We never know. We never know in this sin-cursed and dark world that we currently live in where somebody's really walking, do we? But God knows. God knows their hearts just like God knows your heart tonight, beloved, and mine. In verse 4, Paul continues, "...and that He was buried," speaking of Jesus Christ, "...that died for our sins, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures." He rose again. If there's a focal verse in tonight's message, it would be this one. You know, it's easy for us to believe many things in the Bible. It's easy for us to profess to others that we have strong faith. We have faith that we'll be in church Sunday. Uh, We have faith to believe that we have a great pastor. We have Faith to believe that our needs and our financial needs and our spiritual needs will be met. We have that faith to believe that. But you know, there has always been through the beginning of the annals of time people that never believed enough to have faith to understand that Jesus Christ died. He was buried in a tomb that was a barred tomb. And he stayed in that tomb for three days. And on that third day, praise be to God, God raised him up. You see, if he had stayed in that tomb, and if on that third day when Mary and Mary and the others came by that tomb and found the stone rolled away, if Jesus had still been lying there in that sepulcher with his grave clothes all wrapped tightly bound around him, Tonight, we would have nothing to look at but tears in everyone else's eyes. Because we would have no hope. We would have no promise. And faith wouldn't have much meaning, would it? Now the good news. He says here in verse 5, Paul writes, "...in that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve, and after that he was seen of about five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greatest part remain unto this present. But some have fallen asleep." Paul speaks. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles, and last of all, Paul says, he was seen of me also. won't go into the Scripture because of the sake of time, but you see, Paul, he didn't walk beside Jesus on those dusty roads like all the rest of the apostles did. You see, Paul had an encounter with a bright light and the power of God so strongly that he was actually knocked off his horse he was riding. He was blinded by that light. And instruction was given 
to care for Paul until Paul was made well and the Lord God restored not only Paul's sight, but God also that day restored his heart when he met the Lord Jesus Christ on that Damascus road. Paul knows what he speaks of tonight. For he says in verse 9, For I am the least of the apostles that am not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. I spoke earlier about Paul's humbleness. You know, when we cry out to God in prayer each day, and we get on our knees and we bow and we pray for our meals, or we pray for the needs of others that we know and love, Beloved, do we still have that humbleness and that grace and that faith down deep in our heart that we can trust and fully believe? Do we pray believing, I guess, is the best way to sum that up? Do we fully pray believing? So many times I think that we pray believing what we can accomplish in our lives and and what maybe someone else we know that we have a lot of confidence in can accomplish and do. But when our needs get deep and our needs get low and our needs get so desperate, do we still have the belief and do we still have the faith to believe, as the Bible speaks, the size of a mustard seed, which is so small? Do we have that faith to believe and allow God to nurture and grow that faith within our spirit? You see, I have heard all my life, and I remember the day that God saved me. I was a young boy. And I remember an older man and the preacher, one on one side of my shoulder, one on the other. And I remember one saying, I believe this little boy has seen Jesus. And you know, I didn't really understand what they were saying. But I knew one thing. I felt like somebody had gone in there and completely cut my heart out. Because everything about me seemed like I was filthy and dirty. It seemed like everything around me, including my clothes and my, my hair, uh, including the watch on my arm, it all seemed to me like it was just so filthy and dirty. And later I asked the pastor, why do I feel that way? He said, son, if God had not showed you your sins, you would have never searched and received today this Savior that come to you. I want to leave that with you tonight as a thought. I can only speak from my own Damascus Road experience, which that day was. Paul speaks here in this text about his, but I want to ask you about your Damascus Road experience that you have encountered. I say that, and some of you may stop and think, well, when was that day? And some of you may not remember that day. And you know, this may sound awkward, but that's okay. But what I ask you is this, not what was the date, not what was the time, not what was the place, but did the Lord Jesus Christ one day come into your heart and forgive you of your sins? You see, if the Lord Jesus Christ lives in your heart this day, this night, this hour, and you know without any question, without any hesitation, that Jesus Christ is your Lord, and He has forgiven you of your sin debt. And that efficacious shed blood on a cross on a hill we call Calvary has covered your sins. And God has forgiven you of your sins. Tonight, I want you to know this. Paul speaks of you and he speaks of me. He speaks of all those that have been redeemed. But you see, we can't stop there. 
we have to keep pressing on like Paul says so clearly in his text. We have to press on because there are so many around us, beloved, that don't know this Jesus Christ that I speak of and you know about. You see, they know about the Bible and they know the name of Jesus and they know the name of God and they may even know the name of Paul. But did they know the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior? That's the question I ask you tonight before we pray. Tonight, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior? Yes, Lord. Do you know Him as Savior of your life? Do you know Him as one whom has forgiven you of your great debt of sin? Yes, you see, without knowing that forgiveness and without having that personal relationship with Jesus Christ, God tonight offers you another chance. As we pray and I speak of an invitation, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and you have any doubt at all in your heart that the Lord Jesus Christ does not live in you and has forgiven you, just pray tonight and simply ask Him to forgive you. See, the Bible's clear. It says that if we confess our sins, He being God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, and that He, being God, will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. First John 1.9 is the Scripture in the verse. You see, if you can't believe what the Bible says, then you don't have the faith to believe either that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. You see, there was a group of very religious people in the, the Sadducees. And the Sadducees people, they believed almost everything that they read in the laws of God. But you see, the Sadducees had one pit that they could not ever build a bridge across. And it kept them out of the glory of God. You see, the Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection. And I think so many times we have so many people in our modern churches that believe most of what the Bible says and believe what God says for the most part, but have problems understanding or either believing to ask God to help them understand, Father, what do you mean when you say that I'm lost and I need to be saved? John chapter 3, verse 16 is a verse that's most commonly known all through the world. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever shall believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That verse tonight is what you, as a child of God, have built your life and your faith upon. Just as I. And you know, every one of us, every day I awake, every day I raise my hand up to praise God at an early hour, the first thing I thank God for is Him forgiving me of my sin debt. Because, beloved, you see, I could live a perfect life and you and I could do the right things every day of our lives that we live, but without Jesus Christ being Lord of our life and having forgiven us of our sins, we would all still live our lives, draw our last breath, and still go to a devil's hell. We have to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. There's no exceptions. 
Jesus says these words, and I close, I am the way, and I am the truth, and I am the life, and no one comes unto the Father except by Me. So many times I believe that we believe so many things that sometimes we have problems even hearing or listening or accepting the truth when it lines up with God's Word. Again, I ask you, and we pray, does Jesus Christ tonight, do you proclaim Him as Lord and Savior of all? Is He your Lord tonight? Is He your Savior tonight? Is He your Redeemer tonight? Is He the one whom died for your sins tonight? And you know you have been forgiven, no question, no doubt. And you have full confidence because you live and walk by faith in God. Is that where you live tonight? God just challenged me. I don't know who it's for. I wasn't planning to say it, but I have to be obedient. Paul declares to the people in this Gospel, that we each have believed on what we've heard. I ask you tonight, have you heard from the Lord? Have you called upon the Lord today? Have you trusted in Him today for the needs that you have? I think so many times we fail to trust God for our needs. The simple things. And what I believe, beloved, and this is what I feel like God has spoken with me in the last few minutes, is we need to be sure that we trust first on the Lord Jesus Christ and anything else we have possession of. So many times in this modern world, we covet possessions. And so many times our possessions become our gods. And I challenge you tonight, if that's you and that's where you are tonight in your life, that you'll lay aside those idols. And you'll come to Jesus Christ as Lord. Just call on His name. The Bible says if you call upon His name, you shall be saved. Just trust and believe with me tonight. Would you bow your heads? Heavenly Father, Lord, I'm so grateful and I'm so thankful, God, for the privilege You have blessed us with tonight to share this powerful truth from the pen of the Apostle Paul. But Lord, my heart is so deep and so heavy tonight, God, because surely in a group this large, there's someone who has never made a confession of faith. Well, God, I know according to Your Word that Jesus Christ had placed upon Himself on a cross on a hill called Calvary the sin debts of all of mankind And Lord God, I believe tonight with all of my heart by faith that the sin was so great that He placed upon His only begotten Son that even God had to look away because God could not look upon the sin. Father, I would pray tonight that You would convict the hearts and the spirits of those around us that may still be wandering and lost in a sin-cursed and a dying world looking for salvation and looking for hope and looking for promise in a world, God, that one day will be destroyed, surely by fire. God, I would pray You would convict them unto the point of misery, unto the point of redemption, God. May You redeem their souls. Oh God, I just pray today that this be their day of salvation. 
according to your word and according to your will. Lord, I offer you praise and glory, God, for those that are redeemed tonight to hear this message. Surely, God, a message such as this is an encouragement to our hearts and souls. And knowing that one day, God, you came by. You spoke unto our hearts. You forgave us of our sins. You convicted us, God, of that great debt of sin that we had. And you washed our sins away. Thank you, God, tonight for that gift of salvation. A gift that cannot be earned is truly in a living gift from a loving and a righteous God. Bless, lead, and guide and direct each of our lives this day, God, as we separate and we go forth from this place and this service this day. Pour out your strength and your grace, God, upon each one here. And we thank you and we praise you, God, for all things. For tonight we come and we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. This concludes tonight's live worship service. We pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, each one listening has been blessed through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. We invite you to join us back again next week for another live outreach worship service as we together continue praising Jesus Christ. Those tonight who have made decisions to follow Christ, desiring additional biblical resources, or anyone with special prayer concerns are personally invited to visit the Praising Jesus ministry website. The web address is www.praisingjesus.org. That address again is www.praisingjesus.org. We want to thank each of you tonight for listening. We invite you back again next week as together we seek God to guide, mold, and speak to our hearts and lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. Good night and may God bless each of you is my prayer.